It's the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts. ETA. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Let me start okay. that over okay, one more Frank time here now. <laughs> Frank Murr. And fuck yeah. you, San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts. Agent ETA. Agent Kruger. And Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. Have you had a strange event that you'd like to share with the show? Or perhaps a question or comment? We can be contacted at AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. Alright guys, this week's episode... The Kecksburg UFO Incident. Dun, dun, mm-hmm. dun. This is a really good one, folks. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. This one was selected by Agent Kruger, so thank you for the selection, sir. It is a really good choice. First, before we get started on the episode, I just wanted to... Um, usually, I haven't been doing the mind boggles lately. I Usually, I like to try to do a little something-something. So when I was actually doing the research for this, I was listening to a little album called... Disco Volante by um, oh. by uh, Mr. Bungle. And I had a little bit of a synchronicity here uh, when I was looking up. So I was curious, what does Disco Volante, like what's the deal with that? What, why did he name the album that? Does, there's no disco on the album. So what does that mean? Well, it turns out that that name actually came from the yacht from the James Bond movie Thunderball. The yacht in that movie was named Disco Volante. And Disco Volante is actually Italian for flying saucer. So I read that. I was like, oh, shit. That's like a coincidence, right? What do they call that? A synchronicity? Because (laughs) check this out. Like I said, I was listening to this album while researching this episode. The movie Thunderball came out in 1965, the same year as the Kecksburg UFO incident. Boom. How do you like that? Mm, It's a full circle if I've ever heard one. Yeah. Eyebrows raising. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I don't know what, when you said when you said that the first uh, like song that I uh, I thought of like uh, off that album was uh, what was it, Mamikasha Mouse Quaz or or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. But it's by the way that they wrote the music, you know, like in that song, it, you can I could I could hear the Italian influence, you know. Yeah, well, they have they have a song. I think Violencia Domestica. I think that song's in Italian. I'm not hundred percent. Is that sure. the one? Maybe that's maybe that's the one. I'm, you know, I think that might be the one I'm thinking of. You're, yeah. Uh, yeah, yep. I think you're right. Yep. Yeah, it's good album. It, well, uh, not for the faint of heart. It's not whatever you're expecting. It's probably not that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Mister Mister Bungle albums uh, tend to be a bit of a fever fever dream. Yeah, you know. So. so if you enjoy music that's not what you're expecting at all in any way, shape, or form, then check it out. It's a really good album. I really enjoyed it. Oh, but, it's a good listen. Yeah. It's a good time. All right. Well, I, now that we're done with our little synchronicity that I had, let's get yeah. on to the show. Heck yeah, man. So uh, 19, 1965, right? Speaking speaking of music, you know, I mean, that was a time where, you know, uh, Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs were belting out, you know, Wooly Bully, you know? Uh, well, the Beatles must have had like help or something like that. They must have came out around i think it came out around that that year but uh, uh there there's a lot of uh, really good really good freaking music classic rock i guess what a lot of people would call nowadays or uh you know motown or oldies you know whatever you want to call it but there's a lot of solid freaking music that came out right around that that time period 
Yeah. I, I digress. Let's let's talk about. We should probably talk about you know uh, the UFO Kick case we have going on yeah. here. Talk about that kick. <laughs> so it was December 9th, nineteen sixty five, around four forty five p.m. Eastern Standard Time. People witnessed uh, an object entering. Well, pilots even saw it entering the atmosphere over Canada, over Ontario, Ontario Canada, and it traveled from the northwest to the obviously to the southeast over Canada, Michigan, Ohio, and into Western Pennsylvania. There were reports of sonic booms, and some pilots reported being rocked by shockwaves. Shocks of the event were recorded on seismographs around the country. So this was uh, right away off the bat, we know we had a real event here that was witnessed by multiple independent witnesses, which is one Mm -hmm. of the hallmarks of a really good UFO case. You have people yeah. who could not possibly corroborate with each other. So what yeah, they saw yeah. was a lot of people saw a fireball or flaming object, many of them reporting it with green flames, and it was clocked traveling about a thousand miles an hour. It was traveling and it left a really long smoke trail. Some people said took up to 20 minutes to dissipate. One witness described it as a green glowing object with wisps of yellow, purple, and orange colors. One of the interesting things is that witnesses said it changed directions three times in its flight, and it dropped molten metal that started fires along its flight path. And that's an important detail, or two details, because one of the foremost explanations for this thing was a meteor, and meteors don't change directions like that, and they don't drop molten metal, and they don't go a thousand miles an hour. Meteors travel much faster than that, something like 50,000 to 200,000 miles an hour, which is why they burn up on entry. Well, and they they typically travel, you know, in straight lines until they get into like an atmosphere of a planet, and then they might be deflected off their path a little bit, you know, by the, however thick the atmosphere is. A little refraction. Yeah, a little tiny bit of refraction, but not not severe enough to divert its course. I mean, it sounds like, you know, multiple times. Within a relatively small, you know you know, area, I guess you could say, I mean, considering if you, if you had, well, and also it, it, you know, it's, it also by, by many witnesses was uh, described as having, you know, been, it was traveling pretty slow, you know, by some, some accounts. So it wasn't traveling at the speeds that a meteor or like a comet should be traveling. I mean, it screamed across, I mean, multiple, multiple states. I mean, and also, I mean, a country, it went over Canada. I mean, and then Michigan, but I mean, yeah, I oh, know that thing was flying. Well, it seems like it seems like uh, at the beginning of the uh, the account, like yeah, it was it was uh, traveling quite some distance, you know. And then once it got into like Pennsylvania, right, it, it seems like it uh, slowed down and started. That's when it made the it started making the diversions from its course, right? Right, and some of the witnesses described it that it leveled off and tried to gain altitude as before it crashed in Pennsylvania and some witnesses said they saw it flying directly overhead and that it was moving slowly. Now we don't know what slowly means, but we can assume that it, at that point it was no longer going a thousand miles an hour because that's about Mach one and a third or Mach one and a half or something like it's really freaking fast. And if that's flying overhead, it's going to be gone in a blink. You're not going to describe that by any stretch of the imagination as moving slowly. It's that, I mean, that's moving, you know, that's definitely moving. Heck yeah. But yeah, they described it as also being intelligently controlled as if it was trying to steer 
or gain control of itself, like it was sort of an out-of-control um, airplane or something. Uh, most people who saw it initially said that they thought it was um, an airplane that was crashing or out of control. So when when they saw it, people called like the police and the fire department and they jammed up the lines and that caused an immediate uh, reaction. They They got together search parties and went out to look for it. Mm-hmm. And there was either, uh, even like, a I think there was a radio station in that local area also that was uh, accepting calls. Like they, they made a, uh, a, you know, a broadcast over the radio saying that, that there was a down plane and anybody that had any information, um, should call in and let them know. And then they, they would, you know, obviously, you know, send that information on the proper, proper channels, but yeah. Yeah. And that radio there, station there was, made this into an event because a lot of people heard yeah. that and went out looking for it. I mean, yeah, you're. Yeah, Four o'clock yeah. or five o'clock, it's quitting time. You're hanging out with your, your chums or whatever. And you hear that on the yeah. radio. You're like, well, shit, let's go find this thing, right? Yeah, heck yeah. yeah. Well, I want to look up. Heck yeah. Well, and also, all those those people in that area, they know that area. The, all the locals and stuff, you know, everybody grew up there, obviously. And it's one of those areas where um, if something happened and uh, happened in, in a particular area, uh, anytime that location was going to, you know, be... Uh, let known to anybody in the area ever everybody's gonna know exactly where the heck that is right so you know um and yeah and supposedly that there was a lot of people that did group around the uh close to the crash site that they could see like you know uh, flashes of lights and stuff right yeah and when it initially crashed witnesses described a column of blue smoke where it went down and uh, Mm -hmm. one witness that i found i couldn't find any corroborations but one witness said they saw another object hovering above it for a short time that looked like uh, like a star or like a really bright light. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I only found that one witness. So who knows, maybe that was then, a helicopter or something. I don't know. I couldn't find any more information about the vibrations. Oh, it was that probably were, Venus. I yeah. mean, people uh, reported vibrations and a, a, a loud thump. And I just wanted to try to see what, uh-huh. what they, that could possibly be. That reminds me of this to. one time. <laughs> well, I mean, it could just be a sonic boom. Even if it was some sort of far-flung alien technology, if it's breaking the sound barrier and it doesn't have any way of overcoming like, you know, like relativity or normal matter or anything like that, then it's going to make a sonic boom. That's just how things kind of work. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was thinking Mm -hmm. this was the reports coming from when it it crashed and they were reporting the wisp of blue smoke and stuff like that that were coming. It was... I mean, you could read like it's what was on the wiki at the time I was reading it, but hmm. you know, it's just I, I I don't know. My when I hear reports like this, I just try to imagine like what the hell would it have been like to to see that firsthand. Um, a lot of kids saw this. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, one one of the craziest thing about this case, I think, like, like well, one of many things that are crazy. But I mean, if 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 you really think about it, there were literally thousands of people that you know saw this this at least like the the trail of, of uh, whatever it was that came in you know what i mean before oh, yeah. it got before it even got to pennsylvania you know and and the magnitude of this sighting is is a uh, uh, you can't in my opinion you can't, you can't really overlook it you know what i mean it, it's uh it's right up there with everything else you know what i mean like some of the big the biggest i mean in this you know this comparison has been made before, but I'm not, I'm not going to be the first one, but like, you know, Roswell and other events like that. I, I think this is right up there with, with that event. Pennsylvania you know I mean? and Roswell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the comparison has been made many times, you know, but like, I, I agree with it. It really is that big of a, an event, you know? 
I would say it's even better than Roswell as far as cases go because we have a lot more solid evidence. Um, yeah. Roswell, yeah. I'm sure we'll get around to it sooner or later, but... A lot more witnesses it's by far. Roswell doesn't have, at least that I can find, it doesn't have like really great evidence to it, which is why we haven't, well, why I haven't at least suggested doing it because mm-hmm. a lot of it is just sort of speculation, unreliable witnesses and stuff like that. We don't have really any evidence behind it. Um, but that said, there are some really interesting things about Roswell that kind of make it a good case to look at. But as far as actual evidence, this cu- this case is right up there with the best of them. Well, well hell yeah. Yeah. So this, the witnesses, like we were saying, a lot of people went to the crash site. They found it. It was apparently not that hard to find. And they also had search parties of like firemen and volunteer firemen and police out there looking for it. Cause oh, yeah. they thought it was um, a crashed airplane and they wanted to go and, you know, rescue people or put out the fires yeah. or whatever. What they found well, was, yeah, go ahead. One of my, my, like uh, my other favorite situation with this is, uh, you know, the, the, the story that's been told, you know, supposedly that like, you know, a, a group of the uh, volunteer uh, firemen, I believe. Were out there and they, they found the crash site, what have you. And they, they were there before, I guess, just before the uh, military showed up, you know? And, um, I mean, all right, so, so the, the most famous depiction of this is going to be on un- unsolved mysteries, obviously. Yeah. That's, that's going to be the first, the first, uh, thing that people are going to think of if they've seen that episode, which is actually is a pretty good episode. But, uh, and famously, unsolved mysteries left, uh, behind a, a depiction of the UFO. Uh, supposedly what, what it was supposed to look like. And it's still there to this day, but uh, a depiction, you know, uh, a model they made for the episode, but, uh, but yeah, so, so supposedly, you know, there, there was a, a group of, uh, you know, people that were searching out there, they're, they're, they're volunteers and um, they had found the crash site, found the uh, supposed ob- object and it was shaped like a walnut. Right. Or an and, acorn. Uh, or acorn. Acorn. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> walnut. What the hell am I thinking? <laughs> acorn <laughs> shut up already anyways uh <laughs> or yeah. a bullet if you really look at it it almost looks like a civil war bullet one of the early aged yeah you know bullets when they started making a mobile yeah a little yeah. bit yeah if only if only i could do jenna mind tricks i'll just wave my hand and say i did not say the thing you heard me just say <laughs> but but and, uh, and you know i'm not going to edit that out too <laughs> i know it and, and yeah that's why that's why i made the jenna mind trick joke you will edit out that. <laughs> yeah. Wait, well, by the way of wave of my hand, I hope so. But anyways, I doubt it. Uh, so <laughs> back to the story though, like the, um, so, uh, this group of, uh, uh, trackers, uh, hunters, whatever, I mean, you know, searchers is uh, the proper term, um, came across, across the object. They noticed it was, uh, shaped like a acorn, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, they, it also, so bell. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, a bell as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, it supposedly had some like a uh, hieroglyphic type, like writing on it. Um, not necessarily hi- hieroglyphic, but that was like the closest thing that, that like the you know those observers like d- described it as. You know that they they could relate it to. And uh, right after you know they found it, um, military personnel came on the scene and basically just ushered them away. Said, "Hey, you know, get the hell out of here." You know, and um, this this scene is uh, quarantined now. You know. Yeah, within and, an um, hour. The military was there within an hour, which means yeah. that they had to have been monitoring it and they had to have already had a team ready to go because yeah. if they didn't have the team ready to go, like let's say they had to call troops up from the barracks or something, it would have taken more than an hour to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then supposedly like on site there was a um, estimated to be you know 30, 35 to forty five personnel like right there within that time uh, span, and uh, not not only that but the whole damn like damn near the whole town in uh, the the fire station where all those vi- uh, volunteer fire uh, firefighters were 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 using that uh, they were using that area to you know stage their their search party right uh, that area got ta- oh, yeah. taken over by military personnel. And, um, you know, eventually like, you know, well, I mean, within, you know, you know, uh, a couple hours, uh, their buildings were, you know, shut down and taken over basically. And they couldn't enter their own buildings. You know, uh, the military personnel said, you know, you can't enter here right now. Whatever is going on in here, you know, is, is, is private, you know? <laughs> so, uh, when we're done, basically, you know, you'll get the building back. Right. Is what they were telling them, you know? Yeah. So I mean, oh, yeah. it, the 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 presence of military personnel not only searching in the field but also taking over you know uh, key points in town, uh, you know it, it depicts a certain amount amount of interest you know uh, a heightened level of interest you know um, in a, in a very short period of time. I can't imagine them doing something like that for a meteor. The official explanation is meteor, and yes, yeah, it's just there's no way to imagine a scenario where the military would do this. For a meteor, it just ain't gonna happen. Well, and, and and um that that explanation wasn't made until, like, like well, it was it was it was a, a long long time after the the event happened. Um, well, I mean, even in the fortieth anniversary, it was when NASA came out with an official statement. Is uh, that when it was? In, in, I mean, it wasn't for. It was about the Russian satellite. Yeah, that's. Then, we'll get to that later. That's a little different. But um, let's talk about what what the object looked like a little bit. Let's back up a little bit. Uh, so it was described as acorn shape. We said that, but it was a smooth, shiny metal without like any rivets or windows or obvious openings or, you know, doors or anything like that. Um, it was not broken in any way, but it was some witnesses said that it looked a little bit dented off and where it landed, it carved a furrow in the ground and it looked like it had knocked off some branches on some trees yeah. around it. Which, and, uh, which, by the way, by, by the by the way, real quick, because there there was uh, a lot of the uh, the locals right in the immediate area that that um, described uh, the landing scene as having like smoke coming from it, and I personally think that's probably what that smoke was coming from, because um, all the people who supposedly saw the vehicle like uh, up close or from you know a, a, a you know close distance. Um, they didn't d- describe it as having smoke coming from the vehicle itself. So I- I'm thinking for sure, whatever that vehicle hit, uh, had to have, uh, either caught on fire or, yeah, well, yeah, it had to have caught on fire. <laughs> right. Yeah. In fact, I, I have a witness statement that I read that, um, specifically said that the vehicle was not smoking. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's, that's a pretty good notation there that I think you're right that it, the stuff it hit into probably was smoking, but not the vehicle itself. Mm -hmm. Now, why the heck is it like, I keep trying to find sites of like the actual, like pictures of the actual crash site to see that indentation. You know, really, you know, really grinds my gears about this episode. No, no ETA. (laughs) What does grind your gears? Yeah. Well, no, what agent Kruger just said. Oh yeah. (laughs) Right. Can't find that damn picture. Yeah. Well, there were pictures taken. I was able to find pictures of a smoke trail in the sky, which was really interesting to see, but I didn't obviously see any pictures of the craft itself, even though we know there were some taken and we know they were confiscated by the military, which is, you know, again, yeah. frustrating because we, we know yeah, there's, well, I mean, 
I, you know, here's the thing. I mean, there, there was one time, uh, you know, after drinking a large Red Bull, I, I left a smoke trail in the sky myself after jumping on a trampoline. So it's not <laughs> something necessarily impossible. I mean, it, like, you know, it wasn't like, you know, that big of a smoke trail, but it, it happens. was there. It happens. Well, let me just tell you, it was there. <laughs> I think it should be important to point out if it was a bolide or any of the, the meteorites that they were explaining, we would have had a more of an impact. I feel like, yeah. cause I mean, those, those don't just reduce speed as before, like to cushion their landing. Right. That right there is like, what? what come on, like get out of here. Well, yeah. <laughs> and there, it does bear some sl- small, slight resemblance for example, a meteor can break apart and give the illusion that it's changing direction. It can also actually change direction, like kind of skip off a of different layers of the atmosphere, but yeah, yeah. it can't change direction three times and appear to be intelligently controlled like this thing does. It just, and it also meteors yeah. are never going to go a thousand miles an hour. That's just way too slow for what it is. And they're not going to shit out molten metal and burn grass. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. don't, I mean, unless I, I didn't think that was a thing. I, well, yeah, and there, there's been there's actually been some studies into this as well. I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I might be confusing the guy's name, but I think the guy's name was Stan Gordon. Um, he he did quite a bit of uh, research into this and, and like uh, kind of plotted the uh, the course that this uh, object took. You know, and if this is to be believed, I mean the the the, the course took a couple like curves, like like straight up, like you know, not necessarily like 180 curves, but like. Not too far from like, you know, somewhere between 90 degrees and 180, you know what I mean? So it's a, you know, it's not something that like a, uh, an object, an object that is, is, uh, just coming in under one direction should take at all, you know, like, a like, I don't know. Yeah. Like what I'm saying is obviously, I don't think it's not a, I don't think it's a, a meteor or a comet or a, uh, something like that that's coming in that's, uh, um, not intelligently, um, you know, uh, controlled but you know it's just like you know it's just uh i, I think it's the case that uh i also don't think it's a satellite to be quite honest because um it if was it, a failed extinction event it was them trying to wipe us out and reset <laughs> but they it messed up and they're like ah shit it's a dud yeah hey <laughs> hey, hey uh give me, give me one second I'll, I'll be right back all right i'll wait for that motorcycle i don't know what the goddamn motorcycle convention like by my house today in. dude I don't know what's going on here. But anyways, I I have a couple of witness statements for people who saw the crash site. So I'll read a couple of those. It was definitely, unequivocally, positively, absolutely no aircraft, plane, helicopter, or rocket, at least not to my knowledge. It was in an area that was part field and part woods, and we went down to investigate. Uh, We found the object had crashed at 30 to 40 degree angle, and had broken off numerous tree branches in its impact path. My initial reaction was, this is no airplane. I observed no shrapnel, no breaking up of the fuselage. It was one solid piece, no doors, no windows. And then another one, preliminary searches found no bodies or casualties. It was shaped like an acorn lying on its side, like the acorn nut is in its shell when it's on a tree. I've been a machinist for 24 years, and I've worked with a tremendous amount of different metals, and I have never seen any type of metal that looked even close to that. And ETA... I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. No problem. Hey, it happens to the best of us. My bad. No, no, no. There there was a knock at the door. I heard like a... a, Like 
this motherfucker knocked like he was the police and shit, man. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> All it was was a UP. I'm sorry, it was Amazon delivery, but like, oh, okay. like I don't know if he's UPS or something like that. But like, yeah, no, they they knocked like uh, pretty hard, and I heard it, and I was like, what the hell? Like, that's obviously a, you know it's a loud enough noise where I got to go investigate this shit. You know, right? I mean, so, what what if somebody be trifling and yeah and stuff on can't, my property? Can't you know? have the trifles on your property. You no, take care I, of that I, kind of stuff. Un, well, that's unacceptable. Yeah, is what that Don't is. Trifle on me. Yeah, dude. That's what I always say. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to it. So as ETA oh, mentioned yeah. earlier, there were mili- some number of military people. Uh, the numbers I found for most of the witnesses, dozens to over a hundred. Like there was a lot of them there by most accounts. And not just uh, the military, but like the Air Force, state police, like all kinds of different uh, branches, not just one particular branch. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also NASA was supposedly there. But some people think that that might've just been a cover because NASA typically would not go to something like this, but Hey, who knows? Maybe they were, uh, the, we'll talk about NASA later cause they are involved in this case, strangely enough, mm. but yeah, the military on the scene, they forced everybody to leave. And some people, they told that it was a radiation hazard, which I don't believe for a second, because if there was a radiation hazard with all of the locals who showed up at this scene, there would have been reports of people getting radiation sickness, which there are a grand total of zero reports I was able to find with any mm-hmm. sort of radiation effect. So I don't, I don't believe that yeah. for a minute. I think they were just trying to Some scare people. Some sort of symptom. Yeah. And they also uh, just had people, their witnesses who say that they were forced to leave at gunpoint. They just, uh, just imagine that, yeah. how crazy that is. The military is pointing guns at people and telling them to leave. The yeah. the military was worked up about something, right? They were yeah. They, well, were, they, they threatened uh, they threatened people like by like you know uh, saying that they're going to confiscate their cars or you know arrest them, put them in jail, obviously you know yeah. And the, yeah, they're they're they the military saying, reaction in no certain terms. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, they were not acting normally. The military was not. Even if there was something there that they were cordoning off or whatever, they were acting in a very excitable manner that is unusual for the military. They were flipping out. Yeah. In yeah, my opinion, and that's a very common dis- uh, description uh, among a lot of the uh, the witnesses. Yeah. So I think you mentioned earlier John Murphy, the news director of a local radio station of the Greensburg radio station. You touched on on him a little bit. I think I don't know, but he took. I didn't, but I, I mentioned a radio station. Yeah. So this guy went and took several rolls of film, and made an audio recording on the site describing what he was seeing. However, before he could get out of the area, the military confiscated all of his film except for one role, which was later taken from him by a couple of, uh, I guess, for lack of a better description, men in black type agents. And he, hmm. he uh, wanted to do a, this Murphy fellow, wanted to make a documentary about the events. But after he was visited by these two MIB types, he canceled his plans and would never talk about the incident again. So they... The, the idea here is that they scared him somehow or, you know, convinced him to not talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, they convinced him it wasn't worth it. Yeah. But <laughs> I guess it didn't matter anyways. Uh, the, the theory is that he was still thinking about doing something involving the incident because four years after the event, he was killed while on vacation in California. It was ruled mm-hmm. a hit and run accident, but there were no witnesses. So we don't really know what happened there. But his injuries were apparently consistent with a hit and run. 
but it hmm. could have been a hit and run by a car or by, I don't know, government agents trying to shut him up or anything, really. Maybe he fell out of an airplane. I don't know. But unfortunately, yeah, a, a they silenced him, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, ETA. Oh, no, I already went ahead. Oh, sorry. I didn't hear what you said. Yeah, it's okay. I have a bunch of uh, anecdotes and witness statements here that I thought were really interesting for the case that kind of describe what was happening that night. Because it, it, you can read about it on Wikipedia, but I don't think that really fully does it justice. I mean, it was no, it cha- chaos and bedlam, I think, was going on there. It was a lot of excitement in the general area. So one, mm-hmm. one such uh, anecdote is a fella named Don Sebastian and some of his friends, after hearing about it on the radio, they went in their car to look for it. That When they got close, there was a roadblock that turned them away, a police roadblock. But they uh, they went and parked somewhere, and I'm guessing, and they got around the roadblock somehow. And when they were able to see the object, here's what they described. They said, or this is Don Sebastian, he says, I saw a line of soldiers down in the clearing. Best guess, maybe 100 guys, armed at hip level and walking single file parallel to the crash site. It looked like a drill, perfect formation, nobody out of step. There, there was a scream. This was a terror scream, and it made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. And then after a minute or two, he heard another scream, and he says, It didn't sound human. That's when I lost my nerve. I figured this was a place where I could get shot, so I was out of there. So I guess he bugged out. Um, another anecdote. I mean, if you feel like you're going to get shot, yeah, definitely get the hell out of there. Well, yeah, he heard some screaming and he saw all those soldiers with guns and the, the basic uh, environment of the area was one where, you know, you got a lot of armed individuals that, that don't want to be trifled with. So you're not going to be trifling with them, you know? No, definitely don't blame him. No. Yeah, I I would not stick around myself either. I mean, if yeah. who knows what they would have done if they caught you snooping around in the woods. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to test it. Yeah, I heard from one from one witness though that one of the reasons that they would seal off the area, besides it being a you know the event that we're talking about, um, was due to uh, rocky terrains and just a hazardous area supposedly like there is certain types of like mud that's like quicksand or yeah. something like I mean, that it was a just ravine didn't want people supposedly yeah. like where the, the whatever it was it crashed you know that, that's where it landed and they just didn't want a, the attention that was grabbing was to i, I just don't buy that either so yeah well Sorry, I, just I don't know and, and like i had kind of touched on before also like all, all those people that were there being a, a looky-loo whatever you want to call them or, or trying to you know uh get a uh, just a glance at what the hell is happening oh, in their town gonna be. Area, this is a small know? village right technically yeah, I mean, they, i'm they not know, sure the population they but. know this area i, I I'd be willing to bet damn near either 90% of them or almost all of those people that were there had probably been in that same ravine either, you know, at least a couple times in, in their life or maybe even more, you know, I don't know. Mm. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, like I said, you know, all those people that were there had probably grown up there. So they were very familiar with this area. I, I don't think that they would have gotten themselves in trouble because of the terrain. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. All right. So another witness statement, uh, by a guy named John Sybil said that he saw the object when he went to the crash site. He hid in the woods for over an hour checking stuff out. And at some point while he was hiding, he saw a hand come out of the flat top of the object. 
And that one, it doesn't seem as credible as some of the other ones. It kind of mm. sounds made up, but it still is like, oh, a, but it's a creepy one, right? You know, like, oh, it sounds like the perfect little scene for like a, uh, you know, uh, an encounter in the, like a sci-fi movie or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just like, yeah, it, it makes your imagination kind of run wild. Right. I like it. War of the Worlds <laughs> when the hand just fell out when they, you know, it's yeah. when they de- were defeated. And- but yeah, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the funner ones. Another one, Michael Slater, who was 14 at the time, lived in a nearby house and they were, uh, he was hanging out with his brother and they were keeping it groovy outside, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were mm-hmm. doing. They're sort of hanging out. Uh, so they were told by the military that if anybody came by for directions to give them wrong directions and the, I guess so, the military, somebody drove by in a Jeep to tell them this they, when they stopped it, you know, say, Hey, Hey boys, by the way, by the way, Sonny, you want to do your country a favor? When somebody comes by asking for directions to the crashed, crashed UFO, go ahead and tell them the wrong directions. So apparently the two boys had a lot of fun misdirecting people and sent them all over Tarnation, but not the actual crash site, which is, mm-hmm. I, I guess, kind of fun. <laughs> if you're an ornery little kid hanging out or a 14-year-old, whatever, uh, and somebody yeah. says, hey, you want to do your country a favor? Well, no. here's here's something you guys can definitely handle. I mean, I would have had fun I'll tell with you that. what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell you what. If I was like, like, like a ten years old or something like that, or you know, and somebody in uniform told me to do something like that, I'd be like, "Hell yeah, brother! <laughs> let's let's, yeah. let's, oh, yeah. let's do this." Even still, duty. <laughs> oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was made to serve my country, sir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it'd, it'd be it'd be the best thing ever. Part of their witness statement, uh, they also saw the infamous truck that uh, left the area. I, I don't think we talked about that yet. Now's a good time no, as any, I suppose. Uh, you, yeah, yeah. What do you guys want to handle the truck? Well, I mean, well, I, I mean, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind uh, handling it. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, you might. Yeah, we might want to edit right here. Sorry, I kind of messed <laughs> off the handoff right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> No, it's good. It's good. I just, I just I wanted like, to, I was just like, yeah, I just want to hand it off. Cause <laughs> I like to, I like to balance it. Like, I don't like to have one person talking too much and I feel like I've been talking a while here. So I was trying to hand yeah, it off to, yeah. if you guys know about the truck, if not, then I can talk about the truck. Well, I mean, the, well, I mean, which, which one are you talking about? The, the flatbed that had the, uh, the covered, uh, object on it or the, uh, the box truck. Yeah, yeah, the the flatbed truck because people saw it entering the area with nothing on the flatbed and they saw it leaving with uh, So so what yeah. what about there? So so supposedly there was a box truck that had showed up also that had like a uh, that, that had like a 5x5 uh, five five box that was carried to the scene and um people say that like you know they think that there's something in in that that 5x5 five five box that was carried by military personnel to towards the scene. You know? I don't think Geiger counters got that big back in the day. Yeah. I yeah. also, well, I, w- I would agree with that. I also heard uh, reports of like a, a truck with like a crane or a tractor of some kind on it. And pe- yeah. people were saying, skeptics say that, oh, well, this is pretty rough terrain. There's no way they could have gotten anywhere near there with trucks. Like as if that's something the military is incapable of. So I mm-hmm. wonder if on that box truck, if that was some sort of equipment to maybe drag this thing out or hoist it up so they could get it out of the ravine and put it on a truck or something. Yeah. No, no bull, bullshit. Like not, like the East coast is, is highly saturated with military personnel and vehicles. Like, like, 
there, there's there's very few areas I think on the East Coast, especially um, Pennsylvania included. You know, um, it, it's it's going to take very little time for them to get resources to that that place. You know, it, it's yeah. It's, I mean, this was fast. This this event that we're talking about, like the 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 response time, it does seem to be at the at the uh, you know the shortest estimations to be to be pretty damn fast. You know? Yeah, I'm not too familiar with the Pennsylvania state, like how the roads work, but in the parts of the East Coast I've been to, like New Hampshire and well, Virginia, you, you want to watch out for deer. That's for damn sure. Oh yeah, but the roads I'm trying to say is like they're most of the time they're just one way. You have one direction going that way and one direction coming back. So they couldn't mm-hmm. afford just to be like, you know, oh, we got lost and this and that. They had to, I mean, it like to play into what Agent Anderson said that it would have taken hours to get out there. And then not only that, it would have been an effort to, just to get to the to the site within the wherever it was la- when it landed in yeah. near Lake Erie. Um, I feel like. It takes like four hours to drive to Home Depot when I'm out in the East Coast. It's it's crazy. So it's for these guys to be readily well, available right on the time. Here's minimum. the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Like like, like uh, you know, I'll, I'll drop from uh, you know, the street gross the street gospel, uh, sugar free. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. You know what I mean? There you and go. That's a fact. That's a fact, Jack. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. So, do you, are you? Did you also hear about the or read about the flatbed truck? Yeah, the one that had the uh, the covered object on it. Yeah, yeah. They well, think- th- there was a there was a lot of people that that claimed to have seen a a, a truck like that pass by wherever they were. You know, yeah. with, with a, a large object on it that was covered. Yeah, covered by a tarp, like a cone shaped yeah. shaped object covered by a tarp, and yeah. people saw it entering the area without anything on the flatbed which I think is yeah. an important detail because it sort of solidifies that they took something out of there and some that something had the exact same shape as the supposedly crashed object. So it's it's not that mm-hmm. hard to put one and one together, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most uh, famous, uh, I think, uh, description was like it was a, a covered object that was like, you know, the shape of a uh, Volkswagen bug. Yeah. You know? So that, that's, that's uh, anybody who has uh, watched watched any of those documentaries i think it, uh any any documentary i think i've ever watched on this uh subject has has made that comparison you know right but there's to, there's so many damn people that that say that they saw this thing in, in uh you know whether it be on, on a truck or you know um, at the crash site you know it, it's it's a uh, I don't know, man. It, and including the witnesses who saw it overhead as a, like a fireball in the sky, that would probably yeah. have to be in the thousands of witnesses. So many yeah. people saw oh, yeah. this. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's, well, I mean, to go back to when the witnesses were seeing molten metal fall from this thing or from the object itself. Um, I wonder if it was being housed in something and then that's what shed it off. And like it, it, reduced speed because it was breaking off all this stuff and then it just became this the interior which is this this walnut uh or acorn pardon me yeah you're not alone now eta um <laughs> now now i mean I are, are you sure it'd be crazy if this thing it might it I mean, might have been almond could be yeah i mean hell, i like almonds does this thing at all speak to you guys <laughs> as an engine of some sort rather than the craft itself i mean it could be. I mean, who knows what it could be? It could be anything, but that does make sense. That's a good theory that this is only part of something and the rest of it burnt up upon re-entry. Because assuming 
mm-hmm. it was whatever it was was out of control and lo- you know lost control somehow. That's a good theory. I like that one. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm looking at the I'm look I think I found a picture, boys. All right. Well, while you're looking at that, I got another anecdote. Uh I might not get to all of these, but so uh, uh John Hayes was 10 years old at the time of the incident. The object crashed near his house. And he, according to him, the military set up headquarters at his house because you could view the area from his house. And I, well, just on a side note, I looked up a map of where the crash was supposedly at, and it was not that far from a road. So we're not talking in the middle of the woods. You'd have to hike six hours to get to. It was mm-hmm. in like a rural area, like, you know, farmhouses or something like that. Oh yeah. But it, it wasn't was, dense, dense forest or nothing. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was not in, in a remote area as far as like away from civilization. There was people all over the place near here. So that the house, supposedly you could see the area or the ravine where it crashed from the house. So the military set up there and they told the parents to send the kids to bed. And John Hayes said that his bathroom was downstairs and his room was upstairs, and he said that that night he went to the bathroom an awful lot so that he could kind of see what was going on there and spy on them and stuff. But supposedly mm-hmm. the military that was at there used the house's telephone to make calls. And here's a statement of what Hayes says about it. He says, there was a lot of men in uniforms, and there were some men in suits, and it was clear that the men in suits were in charge of everything. They were over the top of the military, and they had a lot of clout. I couldn't see down into the hollow where they were at, but I did see six guys in radiation suits take a box down there. I didn't see them bring it back out. So that could be he just was not, you know, able able to see what was going on all the time, but that's just part Mm -hmm. of what he saw. But one thing that I think is really interesting about this description is his description of the guys in suits. That didn't really make sense to me, and it kind of stuck out because as far as I'm aware... There's nobody in the chain of military command that wears suits. They all wear uniforms, right? So um, the FBI, if they were there, might be wearing suits, but they wouldn't be giving orders to people in the military. They would not be above them. They would just be working with them. But I don't know, that whole thing, that kind of makes me, kind of makes my imagination go wild that Mm -hmm. this is like some sort of secret division in the government that we don't even know about to this day. Yeah. G-Man. Yeah. Yeah, you have to like find out exactly who who was in charge of the scene, right? Right. Could you imagine this happening nowadays with our phones? Dang it, I couldn't have happened then. I know, right? Uh-huh. Dude, we would have all kinds of pictures. There's no way they could shut all that stuff down with. But yeah, no, definitely yeah. not. Some people have disputed this account because I guess somebody got a hold of his his family's phone records and they didn't see any suspicious phone calls, but. I'm going to go ahead and dispute that myself because if the military is there, they will have uh, the ability to hide that stuff if they want and not have it on the phone records. And besides, they're probably making all sorts of long distance calls and whatnot. And the family probably couldn't afford, you know, to cover all those phone calls. So they probably had a separate line. And and back then, uh, you know, all all phone lines were, were hard line phone lines. So, I mean, it's 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 much easier to intercept a, a, a phone call or, or you know get rid of a, a records. Right, if, uh, everything is is you know that simple. I guess you could say all running through right. the boards. That I think they had government government specific things because I remember I think it was when I was reading that book, um, the report on unidentified objects by Edward J. Ruppelt. 
he said in there that one time he picked up a regular phone line and he told the operator a secret code and the operator patched him through right away to like whatever he was, he needed to talk to like somebody in the government. So I think they had these, these roundabout ways of doing things. Like you could go to anybody's house, pick up the phone, say, you know, vector tango five. And then the operator would be like, hold on a minute and patch you through, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah, who yeah. Knows? we yeah. had, uh, the operators were still, uh, working on those uh, switchboards back then, right? In the 60s? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. I'd have to double check that, but it reminds me of it reminds me of a movie I've seen called The Vast of Night that maybe we'll talk about some other time. It was a really good movie. I've not seen. Did you guys have any uh, anecdotes that you saw, or should I just keep going here? <laughs> I keep going. Yeah, yeah let's keep man. going, baby. All right. But I'll talk about a reporter named Ernie Hoffman. He was sent to the scene with a photographer and as he arrived, he saw the flatbed truck leaving with the object on the back of it. And he couldn't get into the area or anything to take pictures, obviously, or we would have known about it. But um, that was just uh, an interesting anecdote, a, a specific person who saw that. Another person named Jerry Betters also saw the truck and said that it had a white star on the door, military style. I don't know if that's you know enough to specifically name the branch or whatever, but just one of the, another detail. I found that guy's photo. I think I believe I found that journalist. If he snapped a, a shot of the truck, um, there's actually, I put it in the discord. There's two military trucks with white stars on doors and it's on a flatbed. Huh. It's a metallic item. Yeah. Do, can you see the object on the back of it? Yes, you can. Yeah. All right. Take a look. I'm going to have to jump into discord real quick to check this out. I did not find that picture. That is my discord. I've been hearing about, huh? Highly interesting. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to be left out. I, I got, I got to jump in that some bitch too. Hit it up. Oh, wait. Yeah, there's two versions of it. There's one with it on here. And then there's another one. Somebody drew a frog over it and it looks like a frog. <laughs> frog. Is, is it, what does it look like? Pepe? <laughs> no, no, uh, not, not Pepe. Not Pepe. Close. <laughs> Kermit. Looks like <laughs> is, it, is it Kermit? It's like Kermit. Like if Kermit had a uh, brother, he doesn't like to mention too much. Mm, oh, oh, <laughs> he's <been> imprisoned. <laughs> <laughs> I am I not Kermit. I am Kermit. Okay, I see. I see somebody <laughs> whacking their hot dog with the newspaper. Uh, let's see. <laughs> what? Oh, here we go. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, that was me on Wednesday. So sorry. is this supposed to be the object? I mean, from what it's popping up, yeah, uh, that's oh, I see, in a, like on a subreddit too, and there's also oh, dang, uh, are you sure that's not from um, Chan Archives? There's a paranormal unsolved mysteries. That's crazy. Uh, I wonder if that's a recreation because um, I didn't find anything like this. That looks like a picture of the actual object, not. Yeah, that's that's it. I mean, I mean, from what I can gather and then there was this but i can't i'm having a hard time blowing it up and reading all of it it's super tiny I mean, that looks like you can kind of see some hieroglyphic markings on it even that's crazy like uh, it's hard to tell it could be like a an aberration on the picture but you mm-hmm. can see what could be some kind of markings on there and it does fit the description of what we saw uh it, the only thing is that one that said that had a flat top but like I said, that one wasn't really reliable and I didn't see any other witness statements talking about a flat top. I just like the detail of the arm coming out because it's creepy, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I feel that. I don't know. To, to me, to me, it looks, it looks, uh, it look, 
Oh, it's kind of crude. It is metallic and it is bronze. I mean, if that's man, I mean, that could be spray color painted. grading back in the day. They could have spray painted it. I don't know. That's a that's <laughs> that, that dude. That's I a total a rattle can job right there. If I've ever seen one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you know what I mean. It's hard to say. Like I want to believe that somebody, that's the object. I mean, it could be somebody tried to tinker with the the light and stuff like that, and tried to put some filters over it so you can see the object a little bit more clear. Yeah. yeah. But I still, I like, I, you, if you look towards the base of it, like where it bulbs mm-hmm. out, like to the right hand side, you can kind of make out some of those higher, like the signs or the, yeah, the symbols that were being reported that were on it. But yeah, and you could definitely see that it was, it made an impact on the nose. I mean, that, that is dirt. I mean, that's, that's dried up wet dirt. Yeah. But it also looks kind of suspicious to me too. Like if you look at the object, it doesn't quite fit in with the picture. Like the edges look a little too sharp. It kind of makes me wonder if it's like a Photoshop job. Right. And there's also something else to point out is that the truck on the left-hand side Mm. of it, does kind of look like it's cropped in. Yeah. But because if you look at the kind of stands front, out, right, right tire. Yeah. Like it looks like it's not indentation. Like the grass. I don't know. I, I think if it is a shop job, then that's a hell of a job. Yeah. But it, you like the truck too. Like it just looks a little, it looks out of place, doesn't it? Like it doesn't look, I don't know. Well, if, if that's the time and date and era of those trucks and like as the gentleman that you're quoting was mentioning how those trucks had a white star and all that. I mean, these definitely have that military branding. All right. Let's get back to the anecdotes. Uh, I think that's pretty much, I might cut some of those out actually, because they're not, um, some of them are just kind of repeating stuff, but uh, there is a couple of ones that we haven't talked about yet. One of them is that, so supposedly it was taken to Wright Patterson, right? And uh, an anonymous witness claims that he was a contractor hired to deliver 6,500 special bricks to a hangar at Wright-Patterson. And when he did that, he snuck into the hangar and he saw the object. And he also saw a small body on a gurney next to the object. And it was uh, like, had lizard-like skin and its hands only had three digits. And supposedly those bricks were something to do with like shielding radiation or something. I don't know. And, Ooh, this some tungsten carbine. Sorry, this is one of those anecdotes that sounds plausible, and you're like, dude, that sounds like something they would do. They would need somebody to deliver those bricks and all this other stuff. But on the other hand, it's not completely believable to me because if they had such a high level of security at the crash site, it will be no different anywhere else. They're not going to just let some rando contractor sneak into the hangar. It just, it, I don't know. I'm not trying to like. Uh, throw this off completely, but uh, or like derail it. But when it comes to the illusion of power, I think there's a level of trust that the military is given the people, civilians, when they say back off, get the hell out of here. But in reality, I mean, as we saw, and I hate to compare it to it, but like Capitol Hill, I mean, you would think a government building is going to be like more extensively, like it just, you, you didn't think that if somebody has the the gall to do something, they're going to do it and they're going to get through. And it's just what they do in that moment to to suppress it or whatever the hell that happens to react to it. Um, but I, I don't know. I Back in the, those days, with the lack of security cameras that like we have today and a lot of the stuff that like trip sensors or whatnot that gives them an idea that somebody's approaching um, – like, I, I think it could have been done. I mean, I don't, uh, like, believe in the statement 
100%. But, I mean, hey, back in those days, I feel like you could, if you find a crack and you can slip through it, I mean, that's, possibly. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. Maybe they, maybe once it had been delivered to Wright-Patterson, they got a little lax, so they figured it's on the base and they don't have to really be as strict anymore about it because people aren't getting on the base anyways. That, that does make sense, actually, yeah. But I wanted to mention this one because it's one of the anecdotes that's more often mentioned and it's very sensational. It's one of those things like, I want to believe that this happened and that they really saw that. But I'm also kind of like, I don't know. I don't know about this one. I just have one more anecdote to end up on. And this one I found interesting. Uh, somebody apparently came out after they saw the Unsolved Mysteries show. And they said that they were an officer in the Air Force stationed at Lockbourne Air Force Base near Columbus, Ohio. They were there that night. Um... I guess maybe they brought it to Lockbourne before they brought it to Wright-Patterson or something. I don't know. But in the early hours of December 10th, a truck arrived at the base and he was ordered to guard it. It was a flatbed with a large tarp on the surface covering a conical object. He was told to shoot anyone who tried to get too close. And this anecdote is its kind of neither here nor there. But I thought it was interesting because if it's true, it just kind of gives you an example of the fact that just how serious the military was taking it. They were told to shoot people, even people trying to like kind of look into it and kind of investigate, you know, curious looky-loos, shoot them. So if that's, if that's true, <laughs> it's uh, quite a remarkable statement, but it was so many years after the fact that we can't really say one way or the other, if it's something that was true or not, but yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Vasistas. Oh, ETA is back. All right, we are about. Oh, hello. We are about to talk about some of the the theories. There's a ton of them, and I won't go over all of them. But I'll just talk about some of the more major ones that I was able to find. And we're waiting for you to join the discussion. Oh, sweet dude. So we talked about the official explanation, <laughs> which is what was offered to the public at first, which was a meteor. We've already talked about that one extensively, so we don't have to cover that one. But yeah. we mentioned. I think we touched on it earlier. Some point in the '90s. NASA came out and said that, hey, by the way, you remember that Kecksburg thing? We actually have some debris that we collected from the crash site. Turns out it's from a crashed Cosmos 96 Soviet satellite. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. the thing about this one is that a Cosmos 96 actually did crash, but we know that it crashed in Canada. And this it's provably false that this was not a Cosmos 96. So that begs the question, why did NASA lie and said that they collected debris from the crash site that was a Cosmos 96 when it's easy to prove that it was not? I don't know. Mm. Why would they say that? It's kind of a strange thing to say. Uh -huh. Well, not to stir panic. I mean, thousands of people definitely saw it in multiple different states and also different, like in Canada. I mean, I, I just... I think it's all to, an attempt to throw a lid on it. Whether it works or not, they don't yeah, care. Yeah, but, but that was their official they statement. They came out in the 90s and said this, like some 40 years after the event. Oh, yeah, yeah, just 40. Yeah, when, yeah that's right. Yeah. Probably when nobody's even paying attention to it anymore, except for you know a few people who are hardcore researchers or something. And it's almost like they're trying to spark up the discussion again. It reminds me of when the Air Force, the Air Force did the exact same thing with the Roswell case, where they came out uh, twice, many years after the fact and said, oh, those, those people that, you know, those small bodies that people reported seeing, those were just uh, crash test dummies. Well, it turns out 
Yeah. Crash of test course, dummies right? hadn't even been invented yet. So that's provably false. The Air Force, oh, okay. they're not stupid. So why would they put out a provably false statement? It's exactly like what happened here. Well, well hey. Hey, yeah. hey, I just want, I got, I got one question. What's that? Do you know what the, do you know what the acronym for NASA is? Like, do you know what that stands for? Uh, not a simple answer. Uh, well, no, well, never, never a straight answer. Not a very, yeah. Never a straight okay. answer. Yeah. yeah. There Sorry. you go. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say, simple straight. I thought you were going to say need another seven astronauts, but that's in very poor taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey man. Yeah. Why'd you, ha- so, why'd you have to go there, dude? I, w- I was going to suggest you don't go there, but you know. Uh, no, but then you did. Too, too late. Too late. that's what they were known as when I was a kid anyways. But yeah, anyways, that's, that's one of, those are probably the two most popular ones. Another one is a general electric Mark II reentry vehicle that was being used as a spy satellite fell out of orbit and crash landed in, in um, Pennsylvania. And it does have a couple of things that check the box on the surface of it. For example, it had control jets that could have been used to sort of steer it. It was okay. made partially out of copper, which could have burned green when it was entering, could have caused a green fireball, I suppose. I mean, it would have had to have a heck of a lot of copper, I guess, but whatever. I mean, what, mm-hmm. let's go out on a mm-hmm. limb here. And it had markings of some kind on it that I suppose if you were smashed out of your mind on something or other, could have seemed like hieroglyphs. I, I don't know. But uh, the the problem I have with either satellite theory is just, I mean, imagine a satellite re-entering the atmosphere. That's going to burn up, and if it hits the ground, it's not going to be sitting there in a nice acorn shape. It's going to be smashed to bits all no. over the place, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be in pieces. Yeah, that, that's uh, that, there's actually quite a lot that goes into these satellite arguments that you can go into detail and argue and do math trajectories and all this other stuff, but it has that major point of failure for me, that is if it did re-enter it would burn up and into little bits. And if it did hit the ground, it would just be a smoldering piece of wreckage. It would not be a smooth piece of metal, you know? And And I, I still think, you know, in in my opinion also, even if the, the satellite did have jets on it, that that could alter its course. I I don't think it would still be capable of, of of taking the course that this thing supposedly did, especially once it got into Pennsylvania. Some of the, some of the turns it supposedly made, uh, and, and also the the uh, deceleration as well, you know. Uh, I don't think that a satellite would have done this, or will, would have been capable of doing this, you know. Right. I actually uh, threw up another. Uh, it seems to be as side by side as I can get it for the Cosmo ninety six uh, satellite compared to the depiction of what was said. Yeah. Oh yeah, eyewitness. It looks exactly like it, right? <laughs> now, now, yeah. Now, if if uh, if it burnt up around like if that thing was being held in housing and if that's some sort of new propulsion propulsion technology that they were testing i i don't know that's it's still that's that's fishy right, in so itself. that I actually mean, is a good segue into one one of the theories that i had heard about this case which are so in a connection with world war ii so um some people that they may be familiar with ufo uh, lore or what have you that also connects to World War II, um, not Foo Fighters, but supposedly like, uh, uh, the Nazis were, were developing some kind of a, um, a, a vehicle that was bell shaped, supposedly. And, um, there's not like a, a lot of like evidence for this or anything like that, but you know, it's, it's a story that has been passed around many times and stuff, you know, but, uh, 
you know, the 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 uh, the sorry, but but again, but again, but again, the description uh, <laughs> of the bell-shaped uh, icon, you know, vehicle that that the Nazis were supposedly developing fits this description to a T as far as like the shape of it. You know what I mean? The acorn shape, a bell shape, you know? Yeah. It, it's yeah. called the Glocka. And I'd like to just a little PSA. Yeah. A lot of people seem to be confused about how to actually pronounce that and what it means. So D I E D is how you say it, not die, but D. And that means the, it's just German for the and Glocka. So there's a little bit of confusion there. So just to help people out who are interested in how to say that, and uh, it just means the bell. And that's, that's actually, yeah. that's a, I'm sure people have heard of that. It's a pretty, pretty well-known conspiracy type deal. I'm not yeah. sure how to classify yeah. it exactly, but yeah. The, well, and supposedly there's, there's documentation that, that, that was uh, absorbed by our government and the, uh, the Russians also, you know, after World War II or as World War II is winding up, you know. Right. And the race to absorb information was on, you know? Yeah. Uh, actually, Operation Paperclip, we should do an episode on that at some point. That, oh, that yes. One, oh, dude. Yeah. I've got a lot uh, to yeah. say about that. <laughs> that That's something that I, I would need. Yeah, I think we all should spend some time uh, ramping up for that episode because there's so many damn things to talk about when it comes to Operation Paperclip. I mean, it's... There's a lot of individuals. Like we could do like a series of episodes just on like the different individuals involved. You know what I mean? Right. Whether it be a scientist of one shape or another, you know, that was absorbed by one government, or if if it was like you know, um, a particular type of a, a you know area of research that was concentrated on whatever, or even like some of the spies. That were involved, you know, and uh, spring off that, yeah. yeah, to spring off. I think we it would be cool to see a uh, a crescendo, if you or like just climax to a paperclip where it's like all the cases we've been covering, yeah. the, they all boil up to this to what Operation yeah. Paperclip. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, well, because because sort of- as the pendulum was was swinging, right? I mean, uh, you know, and the, and the war was was uh, obviously you know in the Allies' favor. I think that you know this stuff was known. I mean, they had to have been planning for the operation. Like there had to, to had to have been people within uh, each government that wanted that information. They're aware, you know, of these technologies that they didn't have that the Germans did have. You know, uh, and also, you know, the the Germans uh, didn't have uh, any regulations like we did as far as you know uh, what industries could do with research. You know, so you know there was there was certain. Uh, fields of uh, research that we weren't willing to, um, you know, uh, I don't know, <laughs> will, will, willing to, to uh, forego. <laughs> edit. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Edit. Yeah. That would be a good edit. Anyway, anyways. Well, back to the, let, back let, to Diglaka. The main idea is either, like you said, it's uh, something that had been captured from the Nazis and was being experimented with, or some people think that it was some sort of time travel device and maybe, the people who crashed it were the Nazis themselves. They test flew the, the Diglaka, they test flew it in the forties, jumped forward to the sixties. And then, and then, you know, those people from the forties crashed in Pennsylvania. So they kind of jumped a time, mm-hmm. time, a couple decades there. Um, mm-hmm. as far as like you were saying, Shiza. there's no real evidence to back it up. It's just sort of like a cool story, you know, but yeah, it, it's one of the foremost theories. A lot of people are into Diglaka because it does, Look, there is some evidence that the the Glocka was some sort of something, and it does match the description really well. So I think that's why. 
But beyond that, there's not really a whole lot tying it together. Certainly nothing concrete. Yeah. 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 I think what also like gives it a reason to exist is also that we can look in our past and see that there's been certain accounts where like little gray men have had some sort of like through their, their, you know, sorry, hold on, edit. Lost your train. I'm just trying to say like how George Washington, you know what I mean? He was taught the tactics of, you know, through little green men that came out of the the woods and they were like, hey, you know, come on, we're going to teach you how to win this war. You know what I mean? And then it's just, there just seems to be this correlation with some sort of like intervention with an outly worldly presence that steers us the right way or the wrong way. I don't know, but it seems like there is some sort of, involvement on some level to whether it be you know advance us in technology medicine or you know weaponry it's just i I don't know it's crazy crazy stuff i mean i i would like to think that's not real predict i don't know i want to believe in this world war ii the the dyke lock i mean especially with some of the structures that they found that they tried getting rid of um when you know nazi germany was falling it definitely Definitely gives your, uh, you know, what if uh, part of your brain uh, some excitement, at least for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. Like, I don't have, for me, something doesn't have to be real for in order to just enjoy the theory of it, you know? There you go. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So, speaking of, I actually, um, I had a thought when I was researching this one. I came up with a theory of my own, which, of course, doesn't have any evidence to back it up, back it up. But, what if at the time our government had been seeing UFOs, well, even before the 40s, but starting in 1947, they started seeing like a whole epic crap ton of it. So our government is obviously going to react to this in some way or other, and they're going to try to react to that defensively. So what if they came up with some kind of satellite system or satellite weapon that could be used to disrupt a UFO, right? So if we spot like an extraterrestrial ship they're able to kind of jam its frequencies or whatever and mess with it and make it crash. So what if our government actually brought this thing down as a defensive measure because they were afraid of like, you know, what, who they were or what their motivations were. And it was actually a defensive measure that, I mean, obviously there's no evidence for that, Mm. but I just kind of thought, what if, what if this was something that we did? Yeah. Yeah. No. And to play into that, I would say that, when I would think that the people that put that or installed that type of system would be the ones that are keeping, you know, people out. Is that like, uh, like they don't want us to, to get more out of other visitors or something like that. There's something that they're pulling from this earth or whatever it might be. Like I've heard resources like gold and other materials that you can only find, you know, not in abundance in other places, but they, it could be available here. And they want to, you know, put an iron curtain on it, if you will. Yeah, could be. There's a couple other theories. For example, <laughs> this is this is a good one. Uh, one theory proposed is that it was a film canister drop from a secret spy satellite. So back in the day, they used to literally <laughs> drop film canisters from, you know, from the U-2 yeah. spy plane or from satellites or whatever. They would take the pictures and then they would just drop them. And there's... I won't go into the mechanics. It's pretty remarkable how they used to recover this stuff. But the point is they actually would have to have physical film to deliver. And it was dropped in a, you know, little canister. 
And that's um, that's uh, one of the theories proposed to account for this thing, which is that's awesome. <laughs> that's a, which is uh, <laughs> hey, make sure it's really discreet, yeah. okay? Which is <laughs> then an hour later, <laughs> you could look up a picture of these canisters, and they're really small. To think that this could uh, account for the Kecksburg UFO is just completely absurd. So I, I don't really entertain it that much. It's just I wanted to throw it out there because it's one of the one of the theories, I guess. Well, it was like a rocket, right? Like a spike. It would just just shoot out and impale, like, or just hit the ground and then just sit there waiting to get well, picked a up. Lot really. of them, I mean, a lot like... of them, they would actually send uh, an airplane up and catch it midair, if you can believe that, oh. how crazy that sounds, right? I think of that uh, that type of, I forget it was called the halo system or whatever the heck it was called, but I mean, the most famous one I can think of or example is when Batman, uh, you know, gets picked up and I, I think it was, oh man. That's terrible. Sorry. It's like a, a giant plane comes and it has two big like poles on the front, like in a V shape, and it, it snags up a balloon or whatever is hanging up right. there, and it just flies on right out with yeah. it. Yeah, I forget the exact name of the, the project and everything involved, but uh, I think it might have been like Project Skyhook or something. I don't know. Sky yeah. Crane? Skyhook? Something like yeah, that. No, yeah. I get, yeah. I don't remember exactly. But, and then the- No, I mean- Oh yeah, go oh, ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, oh. Agent Kruger. Okay. Uh, no, it was just uh, to. Oh shit! Now <laughs> I got. Well, you gave me the shit. mic, and now well, I'm hey, just hey on did it. you guys see those pictures I uh, put on Discord? Uh, oh no! Well, no, not yet. You like you oh. like them? Ah, so this is what was inside the actual thing, huh? Oh yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I think you might appreciate now, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do indeed. Hide your wives and daughters. <laughs> if there's ever aliens, yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> I've seen too many goddamn Japanese. <laughs> for, oh, I love the Japanese. For I know, I know, no, I I know where this Japanese cartoon's going. It's any, not going to end well for her or for any of our listeners. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that ETA is posting uh, some hentai into our Discord channel. And leave it no. at that. I'm not. No. Mom, I'm Mom. not going to put any. I'm not going to be any more descriptive than that because it, I would yeah, never. I just. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. So I'll, I will just say I would never, but it is the best kind of hentai. The the uh, the last theory I had <laughs> was um that a lot of people think that it was this is probably the most plausible one uh, outside of some sort of ET craft was that it was some sort of secret U.S. craft. That was, or maybe kind of some kind of test craft, maybe like an X plane or something like that, or maybe a craft that had nuclear propulsion. And that's actually fairly plausible because if they were testing something at lost control, they were able to kind of glide it down and land it. Um, it's a little far-fetched because we didn't have anything at the time that could kind of perform like this did. We didn't have anything that looked like this. It didn't have any rivets and it was all smooth surfaces, but as far as like something from earth or something explainable, that's probably the best explanation is it was just some sort of test vehicle that we made and that we crashed there. Yeah. But well, but there, there that, are reports supposedly that our government had had a, a hold of like a craft that had been like basically found at what would, what would be called like an archeological site. Yeah. That were, you know, what, what you'd probably describe as a UFO. Yeah. So if they had figured out how to use said craft, then maybe that could have been what it was, and, and you know that that could that could also explain why they were so feverishly intent on getting it back. Maybe you know? right. 
I remembered what I was going to say, and I got to say it before I forget it, but I think it's, you know, what are the rules when, like, say, if a satellite, like, if it were a Russian satellite or something that was of, in that time, I mean, in 65, we weren't the bestest of friends, you know what I mean? So, like, is there some, yes. like, if our, one of our drones lands in Iran, do they, they, they pick it up, they dissect it, and then they turn it into something that they can use, right? I mean, what were the rules back then? At like, this time, uh, the United States had a treaty with Russia. They agreed with each other that if either one found a satellite from the other countries, that it would be returned. Now, I don't know why they would even bother making this treaty because, I mean, come on, they're not, nobody's going to return nothing. If they found our stuff, we find their stuff, whatever. Nobody's returning crap, right? Which right. actually, I just, that brings me to a theory that I also had was, so the, the Cosmos 96 Soviet satellite did crash in Canada. What if the Kecksburg incident was some kind of plant to distract the Soviets to give us time to go extract the remains of the Cosmos satellite that was in Canada so we could get that. Mm. So what if the whole thing was just completely made study up? Study it. Yeah. It was just a distraction. Yeah. Study it. Even if they did give it back to them. Yeah. Maybe that, yeah. Maybe they give them enough time to study it and, and uh, learn what they need to learn from it. Yeah. So that's another idea I had, but yeah, we, but regardless, there's answers that are, st I mean, questions that have still not been answered. And this has been coming up on, I mean, in 2005, it was the 40th anniversary. So, I mean, come on. I mean, like they still are holding their cards close to their chest and they're just going to come up with shit that you know, it was a Russian satellite. Yeah. Know, whatever. And the, yeah, that's, that's basically my summary of this case is at the time when it happened and ever since then. This incident has been treated as like the highest level of security and the highest level of classification as the most sensitive you could treat an event, which leads me to believe that something extraordinary happened. What that is, I'm not, I have no idea. Was it aliens? Could be, who knows? Something happened and the government took it very seriously. So at the very least, you know, we have that. It was something mysterious that they don't want us to know about. And if it happened in 1965 and it's still so important that they don't want to let us know what it was, I don't know where that leads you, but something, I don't know, something top secret. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, yeah, my, my beliefs uh, line up pretty much exactly with that. Agent Kruger. Say my final thought on it would be definitely to agree with Agent ETA when I like to believe in believe in the fun theories. Um, but you know, what, what I feel like is the real truth, um, would probably not be as fun, but I, I I'm going to stick with the fun theories, which I mean, at least I guess my personal theory when I think it could have been some sort of propulsion technology that was being housed or been, was being used, tested out and it, it somehow flew its ass all the way over here it crash landed in their neighbor's yard. If it was Russia testing it or whoever the, it might be, like we found it, we sprung onto it and we called dibs right away. I mean, you know it was like, I, I think I'm going to change my opinion. I'm, I'm sorry to uh, <laughs> interrupt, but <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I just, I just, no, I just, no, no, you know what? No, and you, I just changed, changed my opinion. I think this was a Nazi craft. It was, it was a uh, Dosh Bellenstein and Heinen, uh, whatever uh, agent uh, Anderson had talked about earlier. 
Um, You're talking about Franz and Hans? They came over here da, from 1940-something? Das, das Gru Grupper? What was it? Da, uh, da, oh, uh, Die Glock. <laughs> yes. Dude, it would be... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, so I, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah I go, think, yeah. We, we I, okay. go up in air. We come down very safe. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're in America. I, I, oh, shit. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. I, I, picked it, <laughs> I picked it up and then I put it down. Yeah. But, but uh, <laughs> I think it was uh, Dash Bellenstein. But I think it was uh, the bell in German. But I think it was from the Antarctica base that the Nazis had set up, uh, you know, during World War II. You know? Scheiße, was ist das? Pennsylvania. <laughs> If you look at the, those, if you go back to discord though, I no, found clearly, one of the satellites. Clearly, no, clearly that was Nazi vehicle that came from Antarctica. Yeah. I, I, I'll go with that. <laughs> clearly. All right. It stopped in Egypt. It got a couple tattoos on the bell and then it just took off. Oh, hell yeah. If you look at that, uh, I was able to find the inside of one of the landers that a Russian lander. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it, you could, in that time, in that space age race, um, the space race, we, they was, uh, I always noticed these giant screw like type of bulbs. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but if you look towards the top of Man. what I sent you just above, Man, Agent ETA's depiction of man, what I don't aliens know what you're like. talking about, but it's getting me all hot and bothered. <laughs> <laughs> it's just above, just above what you posted. Yeah. But it has something similar to the bottom half of that bulb-like yeah, like depiction. But, but look now, at it, though. It's not a smooth piece of metal. It's got like all kinds of stuff no, sticking out of it. No, definitely not. You know? Yeah. Now, but now is if that that that's what I'm going to get yeah. to. Now, if you look at the 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 signs or the the hieroglyphs hieroglyphs I, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly but the symbols that are on the um, on the the object now look at the arms that are going and connecting to that lower half now if this object was breaking up into space and those things that are clasped to that object are breaking apart and probably spewing out a bunch of steam gas I don't know oh, something fuel propellant that reminds could me this one time Scraying like just squiggling all over it like a pen, you know what I mean, and making those those symbols that we thought we saw. I, I, don't, I know. don't know. It, that also reminds me of this one time. Plus, plus, looking just looking at this thing, if this thing was doing some sort of reentry, it would just burn up. I mean, there wouldn't be anything left of it. You know, that explains the molten metal on the exterior, and then like if that, I'm just trying to say like it, or if, yeah, like what if, if that. Could be, yeah. yeah. What if? I guess there's a lot of those, but you know, if if my brain were to you know ground itself with reality, I would think it's like, and not saying what we say here isn't reality, but you know what I mean. But it's like I I don't know. I could see that too. Is that the, it was coming into space? It burnt up the molten metal that was shed off the exterior of the satellite. It melted off. It started a couple grass fires, and then. Like the symbols that we saw or we think we think we saw were actually those like the the pipes and everything that was connected to it, and when they're ripping off, they were just making squiggles and shit i I guess yeah. I mean, but here's a th I don't even know. I just look even if you had like an insignia painted on the side of something, that would be completely gone from burning up in the atmosphere, or if they had like this like the squiggles True. or whatever i just i can't see I can't see any man made craft. 
coming down through the atmosphere, you know, because remember, we, we have witness statements from pilots who said they saw it coming from the upper atmosphere. So yeah. if, if those people are not making it up, and I don't see why they would, if something's coming into our atmosphere and burning up on the way down, I mean, it's just, it's not going to make it to the ground in any sort of shape where it's going to look true, smooth yeah. at all. It's going to be like just... If anything makes it to the ground at all, it's just going to be like shrapnel. It's not going to be in one piece, you know? And it's yeah. going to be an Hell impact, yeah. though. I mean, there's going to be fire. There's going to be, I mean, it's going to be more of a presence. Hell yeah. It leaves bigger It will footprint. not go quietly into that dark night. No, rage, <laughs> okay. rage, rage. Hey, please continue. that, Dude, I would love to hear you do that speech right now. <laughs> I mean, come on now. <laughs> I, I would have to have that. I, I would love to, but I would have to have that speech in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I would need to practice. Come on. Rage, I mean, hey, if you want to do that, that dude, good. let's do it. But uh, yeah, uh, I would need practice, you know? Yeah, maybe, maybe next time. <laughs> I would need, I would need a, a little bit of liquid encouragement too, I think. Yeah. Well, that, that speech is definitely best with liquid encouragement, I think. Get damn skippy. But I'll feel like everything is, isn't it? All right, guys, you want to wrap this one up? Yeah, I could. Yeah, good. About, yeah, I could dig it. About an hour and a half here went pretty long. It's it's good though. It's a good topic. I think it deserved deserved the full treatment. Thanks for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address AlienConPod at protonmail.com. We would love to hear from you.